0: Hallelujah, what a great God, what a great God we serve today, amen, praise God, thankful for Him today. If you have your Bibles and want to turn, we'll continue in our series. Uh, If you haven't been here, we've been in this series, uh, walking the gravel road to heaven, and we're on the 11th lesson today, we're moving through it, so, uh, and, uh. Tell you, I've enjoyed these lessons. I've enjoyed uh, uh, the things that have been brought out in these, and so I hope today I'll just add to it. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 33, we we had part of Hebrews 11 in last week's lesson. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 33, speaking about uh, what Paul would later, or the writer of Hebrews would later refer to as um, the great cloud of witnesses. It says, who through faith subdued kingdoms, they wrought righteousness, obtained promises, that's a big one, stopped the mouths of lions. Today we're going to talk about, the title is The Unknown Rebel. The subtitle is We Were Chosen to Make a Difference. We were chosen to make a difference. So let's pray today for the lesson. Lord, we love you and thank you for your goodness and mercy once again. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us. Lord, today, open our ears to hear what the Spirit would say. Lord, just anoint these lips of clay for a few moments. Let me give your people words that are good and acceptable. God, we're going to praise you for these things. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give him one more hand clap and shout of praise before you're seated. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a great God. We thank the Lord for it. Amen. You can be seated, in God bless you. Who through faith? I like to look at words, the way things are written, and sometimes I want to turn it into a question like who? Who did that through faith? You did, and you did, and we did. You know, it's amazing what we can do having faith in God. And the great thing about faith is that the measure of faith is given to all men. It puts us on the same level. You can't look at somebody and say you have more faith than I do. It's, I know we like to measure things, but we've been given the measure of faith. And if you have any faith at all, it's not how much you have. It's either alive or dead. It's it's not it's not an amount. That this, um, you know, I know the the disciples. You know, Lord, increase our faith. Um, but that's. Uh, you, You don't get to add any more to the measure that God gave you. It's either alive or dead. Faith without works is dead. Just like the spirit uh, or body without a spirit is dead, so is faith without works. Uh, It's dead also. So um, when we have faith, it's amazing that we can subdue kingdoms. We can uh, do righteous works. We can obtain promises. It seems like in the midst of situations that promises can be out of our Control. There's no way that we're going to get to the great, exceeding great and precious promises that God has given us. But with faith, you can not just see promises, not just hear about promises, but you can obtain promises. That means you have it in your possession. You have obtained it. And by obtaining it, you have all that it uh, benefits you, uh, gives you. So, and then, and then the power to also stop some things, stop the mouth of lions, things that would uh, rip and devour and tear your life up, just able to do that. And So I'm thankful, and this is just really a side note to the lesson about faith, is that this kind of faith uh, gives us great power and anointing. I'm thankful for that today. Um, the, the title, Unknown Rebel, is uh, attributed to an actual uh, happening. Uh, I asked them to have a picture ready. I want them to put that up. Uh, how many of you have seen this picture before? This the the man standing in front of the line of tanks. This was on June the fifth, nineteen eighty nine, and in uh, in April of nineteen ninety eight, Time Magazine had an article, uh, Time one hundred, the most important people of the century, and. He was referred to as the unknown rebel. Um, this man, while the Chinese government was trying to uh, stop some protests that were going on at the time, uh, they were sending in the military. And this guy, if you can see in the, in the pictures, he had a, a shopping bag like in each hand. And he uh, was walking and just walked out and stood in front of these tanks and they stopped. And every time they would try to go around him, he would move over and they would stop again. And uh, it was just this man standing in front, you know, a 150-pound guy probably standing in front of a, a group of tanks. Uh, did he plan this today? He looked like he just came from the grocery store. But he saw something that was going on. He, uh, through the interaction, uh, eventually the tanks shut off their motors. He climbed up on the tank talking, trying to talk to the people there, and reportedly it was said that he said something to effect, why are you here in our city? You're causing nothing but chaos. And um, he got back off the tank. Uh, The commander came out for a brief period, got back in. They started the engines up, and when he was standing off to the side, when they started to move, he stepped right back in front of them and stood there again. And then out of nowhere, two men in blue who it says report still no one knows for sure who they were, took him away. I don't know what happened to him, and it's not even reported what happened to him, so I don't know where he is today. Either somebody took him to safety or somebody took him away. But um, this is uh, an instance of someone who just saw what was happening and decided, I can stand for what's right. I can do something. I, I, I may not be much, but... I see here an opportunity for me to stand and to do what's right. And that's the thing about big moments or what we call great moments in life. They start off very small, like a, like a seed almost, and then they mushroom. And uh, they, they hang around the, uh, long after the initial thought that started the action. It, it, it may go on at like this for years. Um, people know about this. When you see that picture, if you remember that, as soon as you see it, hey, I remember that guy. That guy stood right in front of those tanks. He would not move. It's, you can find the whole video and you can watch and see how it was. And It's amazing that you know they could have just run him over, but he was willing to take the chance that I'm, I'm not moving. Nobody else is with him. He's all by himself, but he was able to stand. And so whenever we, uh, we think about these uh, big happenings like this and, and these great uh, what we call, you know, tremendous acts, they, they're, they're almost, they start off always very small. You know, some of the smallest, one of the smallest things were the, the atom. It's very small. But inside every atom is an explosion. It's just waiting to be activated. It's just waiting for something to uh, set it off, to ignite it. And uh, that's what um, the, the Lord teaches us about faith, is that it's, it can be very small, but it's so very powerful if it's activated. In Matthew 17 and 20, he referred to faith uh, as, if you have faith, as a grain of mustard seed. And then you say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, it will remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. He said, though it's very small, when it's activated, it's more powerful than anything you can even imagine. And uh, another uh, reference to this mustard seed uh, as the kingdom of God still gives us a, a principle of the mustard seed mark 4:31 and 32 the Lord said that uh, a grain of mustard seed which when it is sown in the earth, it's got to be sown, it's less than all the seeds in the earth. Yeah. even when it's sown it's, it's smaller it's, it's less than any other seed in the earth, but When it is sown, that's the the thing there. You've got to do something with what God gave you. He said, when it's sown, it grows up, becomes greater. It went in less than all. It comes out greater. God is always trying to move us from less to greater. He said, I want you to have, uh, he said, when the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, you have less. But if you'll trust me, I'll come in behind that and give you life and life more abundantly. I'm going to move you to greater. I'll take you out of the, out of the, the worst places and set you up, make you, you know, in Samuel it t- talks about that, um, how the, Hannah's prayer was how God takes them out of the, the dunghill and out of the dust and takes beggars and sets them among princes and puts them in palaces and, and makes them to be great. And that's what God's doing. He, he wants to take us from the less to the great. He gives us the measure of faith, but it will always be that measure until you sow it. But when, it, put that scripture back up for him, brother, but when it is sown, it becomes greater than all the herbs, shoots out great branches in the fowls of the air, may lodge under the shadow of it. It's not just for you that God has given you faith, but He's given it so it can be a benefit to others. Uh, and so whenever we hold on to faith, It's not going to do anything. The Hebrews, uh, or what we started out with, the heroes of Hebrews, uh, chapter 11, those heroes of faith that are that great cloud of witnesses, uh, they were as we are, people of faith. We're just like them. We get stars in our eyes over them because they're so much better than we are. Oh, my, they're Bible people. I mean, they're so much better than we are. They do the same stupid things that we did. You know, we do this, or we do the same stupid things they do. It, it happens. That's, but, but they're there because even in their failures, they never let go of their faith. They, and uh, See, faith will help you get back right. You know, when you have faith, then you have faith in God's word. And his word says, hey, if I blow it, if I can faithful, if I confess my faults, he's faithful to forgive me. So when you see people of faith, it doesn't mean they're without imperfections. They understand that the word provides a, a solution for the mistakes they make. And that's why you read when he says, time will fail me to tell you of David. Well, I can think of several things right off the top of my head about David. You know, But he loved God. He made mistakes. I love God. I've made mistakes. But I also have faith in that word uh, that, that he'll... Uh, Take care of my faults if I confess them. So uh, we're people of faith, just like we, like they were. And faith, you know, when it has no works, yes, it's dead. But when it is sown, Hebrews eleven, their stories are written to inspire us and show us that there is, an. Ex- it wants us to be able to see our explosive moments when you know that, that there are times in our lives that that man something's just waiting to be ignited if we will activate that faith yeah. you know uh, if you if you had an acorn we used to when we were kids we used to always love acorns you could throw them at people they stung pretty bad you know you, we used to acorn you could play with them we'd go outside all the time playing but if you take an acorn and and put it in your pocket keep it take it home put it on your dresser you know, it's, Lucky charm, whatever you want to call it. You just got it. I like this acorn. It's smooth. it's round. I like to hold on to it. It's going to always be an acorn. That's just what it is. And that's what you see, and that's all you see. But if it was sown, it could be a giant oak. And then that oak would produce thousands upon thousands upon thousands of acorns that would produce more and more and more. It's, it's a never-ending uh, supply of acorns. There are oak trees that are hundreds of years old. You can't number the amount of acorns that have been produced because that tree came from one. And there's some things that we have that we're holding on to them and nothing's happening because we had not sown it. Well, we got our acorns, but that's all we got. But I'm talking about sow it and let it grow. Take that faith. It, like a grain of a mustard seed. It's, it goes in. Yeah, You start out, it's like, oh, this is so small. What can this do? And then you're like, whoo, who, who, look at that. You ever prayed that that simple prayer and seen God move? And you're like, oh, is it really that easy? <laughs> well, guess what? It is. There's no, uh, there's no, I gotta pray, I gotta pray, I gotta pray. Yeah, well, you try to chant and do some kind of, it's some kind of, Cast a spell or chant something. It's pray. Yeah, yeah. Take faith. Yeah, yeah. Take that little bitty faith. Oh, it's just faith. It's just faith. But faith is so powerful. He said it. He said, oh, I, Lord, uh, <clears throat> you know, I got a really big need and I, I kind of figured I'd at least get a handful you just need one. I can't even hardly see that. Put it in the ground and see what you see. Yeah. Sow it and see what happens. And that's what the Lord's saying. Look, I know what I'm giving you. I know what it looks like to your mind. I'm trying to get you to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm trying to get you to understand that uh, it may be the smallest, but it'll grow up and be the largest. And that's uh, the way things are with us. Is we see, We only see the small little seed but we don't see the fruit tree that it could become producing more seed and being beneficial to so many. Oh, the lives that we could affect if we would just sow the seed of faith. We talked about that last week about our stories and, and how God uh, you know, uses us and how these, these people in the Scripture, how, how their stories have been just... Oh, man. You know, because... Of David, we have faced our own giants. Yeah, yeah, because of Samson, we hadn't been worried about the odds. You know, Samson had a thousand men, he, he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. He was worried about how many of they were there. He knew God was on his side. And, and we, so when we've been crushed by impossible odds or seem like nothing is going to work, we, we stood because we had faith. In this God that is for us. And we realize that God is going to take care of us. And and so uh we need to realize that, look, when we walk with God, we walk we talked about it last week, it's a walk of faith. But but you know, we're always trying to maybe it's because it's the way we do things in our life. Anniversaries, years. We we look at things in big how how many years you have been living for God? Wow. Uh, well how about how many days? How many minutes? Because someone can come right off this altar, born again, uh, full of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. They're, they're just as full of the Holy Ghost as you and I are and got the same spirit as you and I are. And, and that's the way when we walk with God. It's about those, the minutes, the, the, the little my, minute moments that we have with God and we miss a lot of things because we're looking for the big stuff. We're we're just always looking, we're we're counting years and decades and centuries and we ignore the moments. But you know what years are? Years are made up of tiny moments all put together. And if we're just trying to, I got to get a year under my belt, we miss so many small moments when we could have been effective because it's in those little moments where we make decisions just like this man with those those bags. Coming out of the store. Here comes these tanks rolling into the city. And he just goes and stands in front of it. Well, he didn't. What's he doing? He's doing all he can do right now. He's standing. That's, that's what he can do. And so he goes and steps out. And And the reason I think that uh, these moments, they're, they're always there. But I think the reason that we do miss them is because We still are in this place where we think of God as so big. Well, He's got so much to worry about. He's a big God, you know, and He's got the whole universe to take care of and the whole planet to take care of. And I'm just little old me in the scheme of things. I'm nothing. But that's not true. It doesn't matter. But but we, He's big. We we're small. He look at He created everything. I'm just a little dot in His creation. Uh, His his voice that that spoke into the darkness and and brought life. I'm just a little little smudge on that. There's so many other things there. And and that's the way that we see ourselves And because we view ourselves as so small and so insignificant that we don't realize that God created us for these moments. He created us for the moments. Just because we're small, but we were also created in His image. But the psalmist in Psalm 8, he, he kind of put it in perspective, his thoughts toward it. In Psalm chapter 8, David said this, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. And here's where God thinks about small. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. And we've taught on this before, the word strength there translates to praise Boldness, loud, might, power, strength. So um, out of the mouth of the smallest ones, you've ordained strength because of thine enemies, that uh, thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars which you have ordained, what is man? That thou art mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him for. You made him a little lower than the angels, crowned him with glory and honor. Made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Have put all things under his feet. All sheep, oxen, yea, the beasts of the field, fowl of the air, fish of the sea. Whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. We understand just how great God is. We realize that God is is is. I don't even like to say He's big, because that would measure Him. He's immeasurable. He fills all space. There's no way to determine. Uh, there's no size to God. But for our understanding to understand situations, we always say God is bigger than my problems, and you know because we can measure those. So we say God's bigger than that. So I, so I get that. But these people that you know. Feeling small, when you feel like I'm just nothing, a little insignificant, nothing, you're not, you're not out of company with people of the Scripture. Moses did not feel adequate to go and be the deliverer of Israel. Oh, Lord, get somebody else I can't, I'm slow of speech and and I'm just, I'm not an orator. I'm not a commander. I'm not, it's just not me. He he tried his way to, I I could get out of this. But God said, No, I know you can do it. Gideon was the same way. He, he, you know, when when Samuel told Saul he would be king, Saul was like, I'm from the smallest tribe of Israel and my family is the smallest of the smallest tribe of Israel. And even the Lord said, when you were small in your own eyes, Saul. Saul, when they got ready to anoint him king, he hid because he just didn't feel like. And then out of the people, he was taller than all of them. But in himself, he felt like I'm nothing. The apostle Paul said, I am the least of the apostles. But we see what great things he accomplished. You can't, you can't look at yourself and think, well, this is just little old me and I, I, I can't do anything. I, I can't affect anything. I, I'll, nothing I do will ever be noticed. This little man whose name we don't even know stood and stopped a line of army tanks with nothing but grocery bags in his hands. So you think about him. The whole world was watching this. The news picked it up and it was on and people were watching this all around the world. Look at this guy. And people were being encouraged because of that and to stand up against things that were wrong. And, and uh, you know, but who is he? 150 pounds against a column of tanks. There he was, but it, millions of people inspired by him. And he was just a guy shopping one day and as he came out, realized, I've got to do something. Somebody's got to stop and stand. Somebody's got to stop this from going on. So he did what he could do. You could think go even think about people that we might remember this more connected in our, our history in the, this country. Uh, think about Rosa Parks. You know who knew Rosa Parks before that day? Nobody, her her family and her friends. She was a seamstress at a local department store. And she said, I am not getting out of my seat. And she was standing against that ridiculous, ridiculous injustice that was being thrust at her. And she said, I will not give up my seat. And and how many people before her had? But finally somebody said no. And, And she went from being just... A seamstress I mean, you know, uh, that was what, what uh, 1955, something like that in Montgomery, Alabama, well, she went from just being a seamstress at a local store to the Congress naming her the first lady of Civil Rights." because she said, "Somebody's got to stand. I'm just this little little woman here all by myself, but I'm standing against this ridiculous nonsense of segregation. It was ridiculous. And, and because she did, oh, it helped uh, get rid of those things and, and helped. it was a, a stepping stone. Did she affect all the change she wanted? No. But, oh, what an impact it was that we still remember it today. And and that's how people in Scripture were. That's how we are in our life. Moments of time where God moves on us and says, you. it might just be speak to that person. Pray for that individual. You know, Give this guy on the corner five dollars, whatever it is, but that faith that God has put in us to to you know I'm gonna you know give them something, I'm gonna help them some way and believe that it's going to be a stepping stone to making a difference. But we sometimes we won't act because if we can't accomplish the whole feat, we don't want to be involved in it. But we're all part of a machine, we're all part of a body, we're all part of a process. And, and some plant and some water, but God gives the increase. And so, whether you're planting or watering, use what God gave you. Because so well, if I well if I can't plow the garden, plant the seed, water it, pick it, harvest it, freeze it, keep it, sell it, whatever, I ain't gonna do none of it. You do without, because somebody's gonna come by and pick up your bag of seed and keep going. Look don't think because I well if I if, this ain't going to work because what I'm going to do is only going to do this but that's a part of it. Right. That's just a part of it. Uh, you know we talk about you, you got to be a team player mm-hmm. and realize that uh, you don't get to do it all. Right. You ever seen uh, that movie The Bad News Bears? It's probably not a good thing if you have but I'm talking about the old one. But there was this kid that came on the team, and they put him out there in the outfield, and all the other guys weren't really that good. So every time they'd hit, he was running and catching their ball. He he wouldn't let them. He was covering the whole thing back and forth, and and nobody liked him. Nobody wanted anything to do with him. And then he ended up making a mistake, because you can't do it all. That's why you got people on either side of you. Let them do. you got to trust them to do what they're going to do. You just do what you are supposed to do. But do what you're supposed to do. Don't think, well, if I can't do it all or I can't, if what I do is not going to fix it all, then I won't do nothing. When you do nothing, you get nothing. you still got your acorn in your pocket. Oh, but when it's sown. So I, I'm, I'm trying to encourage this Listen, you may even be unknown. An unknown part of the solution. You know, we have sent. You, know, you you might give in a general offering to missionaries, but your contribution helped to fund something they needed, that won somebody else who won ten other people, who won a hundred other people, and they'll then people in that country will never know your name. They just know somebody gave, somebody. Uh, contributed and that's the way it is in this thing. We're not doing this for our name. We're doing this because it's the right thing to do and, and because we have the ability to do. God gave us the ability to affect change in this world. Light of the world, salt of the earth. That's who we are and that's what God wants us to do. When we walk with God, we have to be prepared for the moments when we have to stand in the face of adversity. Ephesians 6, 13 and 14 tells us, uh, take the whole armor of God so you can be able to withstand in the evil day. And then, having done all, to stand. Stand therefore. Haven't you, and it's, it goes on to list the rest of the... Thing. You don't stand on... In other words, what he's saying in this, if you'll read it, He's saying you don't stand without uh, God's benefits on your life. You don't stand without what he gives you. You you can't stand on your own. You can't do it on your own. And he said, when you have the whole armor of God, you can withstand and then having done, you hear what he said? Having done all and then you can stand. And the reason we have to stand is because if we're not standing or if we don't stand, it's like saying we're powerless, but we're not powerless. Because the Lord said, I have given you power over all the power of the enemy. He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. I know on my own, I am no match for the enemy, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know that uh, on my own, I'm no match for my flesh. That's why we have the Spirit to bring our flesh under subjection. The Bible says you mortify the deeds of the flesh through the Spirit. Uh, If we don't have the Holy Ghost, your flesh is going to wreak havoc in your life. Or if you have the Holy Ghost and don't listen to it, your flesh is going to wreak havoc in your life. You've got to listen to what God gives you because that's your power. Having the Holy Ghost and not listening to it is like having that acorn in your pocket. Oh, I got it. I don't do nothing with it. And I don't let it do nothing with me. That's the problem. Is people don't let they don't listen to the spirit, to the leading. Of the uh, that comforter, they don't they don't listen to it. They just I got it. Ooh, this is nice. It's shiny. It's nice, but gives me chill bumps. Makes me speak in tongues. But oh, I ain't gonna listen to it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a bad way to live your life for the Lord. Right. You know, listen. We've got power. We've got and we've got God is with you. The scripture tells us that the angel of the Lord camps about those that fear him and he delivers them. Come on, somebody. The Lord, when you fear the Lord and you, you serve the Lord and you know who you are, you know what you've got, you know who's, on, who's got your back, you know that God's on your side. But having this, you know, serving the Lord, being a, a Christian, being a child of God, there's, there's a tension Because on one hand, we realize that there is uh, this uh, pride is very dangerous. The Bible says pride goeth before destruction. Uh, James 4 and 16 said that God resisteth the proud but gives grace to the humble. And uh, that word pride in the Greek is like, it gives you the image of like a, a general who has vowed to engage in a timeless struggle to crush an enemy. So that shows you God is against pride. He does not like pride. Um, And so uh, you think about pride. Pride has always been causing trouble. It was pride that caused revolution in heaven. It was, hey, pride produced hell. Yeah. So we don't want pride, but when we think about who we are, man, I'm born again. I got God on my side. You've got to be careful that Yes, I am glad to be his child, but you don't turn it into pride that now you're something better than everybody else that you you, know, you don't let that pride slip in there. And it can be hard sometimes because we've got so many benefits, so many great promises, so many things. God's watching out for us. You know, if you're not careful and you don't temper that with the spirit, well, then you'll get prideful and you'll begin to think, you know, I've got all these things because God just likes me better than you. But that's not the way it is. So on the other hand, here's where the tension comes in. On the other hand, when we walk with God, we have to understand really who we are in Christ. And that's where that tension is, understanding who we are and then making sure we don't get prideful about it. We've got to make sure that we stay humble under His hand. And so we're victorious. if you're on a winning team, you're gonna have pride. I played ball for so many years, man. We we had this one team. We just couldn't be beat. I mean, we just we was whooping people left and right, and just always we just. And it got to be so commonplace of winning, you know. No, no big deal. We roll up on this field one day. And there's, we're playing this team. This is just, this is really our, our, this league was actually our practice league because we played tournaments, but we wanted to stay sharp. So we come out, we're playing this team. And here we are in our uniforms, everything looking good, bat bags, jackets, everything. You know, we're coming, we're loaded, dug it. This team, man, they're wearing tennis shoes and blue jeans and, and I mean, scrubs, man, sandlot. We're playing the sandlot team. And that night, we couldn't hit. We couldn't catch. I mean, it was just like we had never played ball in our life. And actually, thankfully, a storm came up, and they called the game because we were losing. And you're talking about people getting with it after that. It's like, ooh, man. And, of course, oh, they they were having a field day with it because they were just like, man, we're beating these. Look at them. And, And what could you say? Nothing. Because you were losing. And so, uh, so God, will humble. You know, and so that's the thing. We know who we are, but you don't let that turn into something. Uh, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. Romans 8, 35 through 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? In other words, nobody can hurt us. Nobody can touch us. Nobody can affect us. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. None of that. As it is written, for your sake. We are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. God loves me. I'm a conqueror. But that's good. He does. Listen, Jesus knew exactly who he was. He knew he had all power in heaven and earth, but it said, but he made of himself no reputation. He didn't use what he was and who he was to get a following. Oftentimes, he would be like, he would perform miracles. Say, "Don't say anything about this. Don't tell them what happened. Don't tell them who did it." But of course, people were like, "Oh, yeah, I'm about to tell somebody." And, and then it was so crazy that he couldn't even move through the streets because, and he couldn't go places to rest. He couldn't be alone because people were just like, "Hey, if for them, for me too." You know? But he didn't do it. That wasn't why he came. It, signs, wonders, and miracles were not his purpose of coming. He came to save the world. Uh, he had the power to do all these miracles, and he, uh, and that was a side benefit. But his sole purpose was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So he didn't come to create a reputation for himself. You know, even when we read the story in creation about Adam and Eve, uh, God didn't create. Uh, uh, they were not just created by God; they were created for God. God created them for Him. They were created to govern the garden. Under his authority, Adam wasn't weak. He wasn't timid. He was not unsure of his place uh, in the position that he had in the garden. He knew who he was and what God had given him to do. And when he walked with Eve through the garden, every creature in the garden understood these two had been made in God's image. They knew everything was in order. And then here comes the liar slips in and begins to tell them lies. And you know how he destroys God's government in the garden? He corrupted Adam and Eve's vision of God yep. because put it in their mind that God hadn't let me in on everything. Because he's saying, you won't die. But God said we would die. But this guy's saying, you won't die. And so, man, is God truthful with us? And then he told them, you'll be like God's. If you eat of this tree, understanding good and evil, and and oh, so so by listening to you, I'm going to change who God made me, and I'll be like you know. So it, it confused everything about what they thought about God, what they thought about themselves. But when we walk with God, it demands that you understand who you are in Christ. You've got to remember who you are in Him, and that covers a lot of things. You've got to remember that you're forgiven. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. I love it. I I didn't give that to you, brother. You don't have to try to throw that up. But we know what it says. It, It gives a long list of things that are ungodly. But then in verse 11 it says, And such were some of you, but now you are washed, sanctified, and justified. And you've got to accept that. You've got to accept that God has washed you from your sin. You've got to accept it. And guess what? We've got to accept it. You can know people and know what they've done. But when God washes it with the blood, it's washed. And, and so we have to know that. And that's what he's saying. He said, you've got to understand who you are. You are forgiven in him. And so we're not defined by our uh, education or, or by our bank accounts or by our possessions. We're not defined by our failures or even by our feelings. The Bible says, but now are we the sons of God? That's who we are. You're God's child and you can do what God says you can do. I said, you can do what God says you can do. But 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 I'm just I'm just I don't care what you just are, you can do what God said you can do. We've got to put, stop putting the limits on ourselves because of what we're facing. Nothing, what did he say? Nothing shall be impossible to you when you have that faith, if you sow it. Nothing is possible when God's on your side. If you're just like this guy in front of these tanks, if you're facing an impossible situation, walking with God is realizing God wants you to win. Amen. When you get a bad report from the doctor, God wants you to win. When you get a bad Day at the job, God wants you to win. God wants you to win. Hello, he's on your side. He wants you to come out on top. He wants you to be better. He wants you to, <clears throat> to have what he has for you. He wants you to obtain promises. That's part of being part of the great cloud of witnesses. Obtain, not just, oh, I see the some of them, you know, in those days, they said they saw promises far off. I don't want to just see the promise far off. I want to obtain it. I want what God's got for me. And I don't want to, I don't want to be the stumbling block. I, I, I think I heard them say that uh, Sister Vestamanga said that she'll, she'd look in the mirror and say, Woman, get out of my way. Because realizing that, uh, you, know who, you know who's stopping You. You. Oh, so-and-so, what about so-and-so can't do nothing? It's you. What are you doing? What are you sowing? What are you getting out there? You were created to, to, to make change, to make a difference, and, and to have an impact, and, and to be that unknown rebel that will just stand and say, I'm not moving, but I'm going to stand. I'm going to affect somebody. Yeah. Listen, the fact that you were raised... In a dysfunctional environment, that's not the final word on who you are. You have the courage to face down your past and you can live in the joy of wholesome relationships. The fact that you were fired from your last job, that become could become a defining voice in your life if you allow it. You hear it? If you allow it. But just because you lost your job, that's not, oh, I'm a dummy. These dummies working everywhere, so go get another job. You know, listen, don't just, oh, it's over, it's the end. Mm, it ain't over, it ain't the end. I told you this the other day, I said, you, you can't be over or done until God's done with you. That's it. You're, you're not going to take your last breath on this earth until God is finished with what he had you here to do. That's, a, that's it. Listen, so... Instead of listening to all the negative messages, get into the word and record a new message uh, from his word. The scripture that we, we read so much is, you know, it's become a T-shirt scripture, and I hate when they do that, but Second uh, Corinthians 5 and 17 it's just you know, because it, it's, it's great, but people don't even believe what it means. If any man is in Christ, he is, He is. Not he might be. He is a new creature. Amen. Now, he's new. Old things are passed away. Let them go. Let them go. You know, when 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 people pass in this life, you have to let them go. You do. You, you let them go. You remember. And guess what? You'll never forget. Uh... I can't. I wish to God that I could forget a lot of things, but I can't. But I can let them go because those things are past. And so I let those things go. All things are become new. Letting go of that old and, and things that are passed away, it makes room. But you can't squeeze new stuff in with the old stuff. You've got to get the old out Believe that you are a new creature in Christ. Yeah, when you look in the mirror, you might not even look any different. But you are different because of the word of God. You're born again. You are not the weakling that your adversary would have you believe. You're not the failure that your adversary would have you believe. No, listen. The moment today, in this day, now is the accepted time. This moment today... This is the day that you could do something that just seems impossible. You could begin praying a prayer that will turn a difficult situation around. You could find courage to face a problem that you hope would just go away. Today, you could start embracing the fact that I am a new creature. And you could begin to uh, step on a stage that's going to affect hundreds. Maybe only one person, but maybe hundreds. And power could just be unleashed inside of you, from inside of you. Just like an atom is an explosion just waiting to happen. It's just waiting for something to ignite it. That acorn is just waiting for somebody to plant it. The seeds are just waiting for somebody to sow it so they can reach their potential, be what they want to be. A seed cannot plant itself. And your faith will not do the work for you. You, you've got to walk by faith. In Second um, Corinthians 10, 3 and 5, 3 through 5, it said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying, of course, I'm reading a different version. I know than what's up there. I'm sorry, I forgot. They changed the version there. But he's saying, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to pulling down our strongholds, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Everything everything that comes against what God knows about you. We think about it coming against the knowledge of God. It's only what you think about God. But it's also the knowledge of God. It's what God knows about you. There are things that try to come against and try to twist up what you believe God thinks about you. And then it brings into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. There are weapons to get your mind straight. I'm telling you, there, that faith, it'll do it. It does it all. Cast it down imaginations, everything. Gets rid of all of it. Brings every thought to the obedience of Christ. I love it. It's great. It's wonderful. There's tools, there's things in the scripture to help us on this walk with God. Let's stand together. What you need to do is start reprogramming yourself. There's some scriptures, and if you're writing down, if you're taking notes, if you want to write these down, if you would take, this is one of these steps on the journey. Gives you, and I think it's a great a great tool, and I think it would be something that you could do for the next week, for the next seven days, starting tomorrow. On Monday, read 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, and you'll see that you have the strength of Christ. On Tuesday, read 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, what we just went over, and you'll begin to grasp that you are a new person, a new creature in Christ. Wednesday, James 1 and 5, you can have you'll find you can have God's wisdom. On Thursday, read John 14 and 27 and understand that the peace you have is not as the world gives, but as He gives. is His peace. On Friday, read John 14, 13 through 14 and realize you have the authority to use the name of God in every situation. On Saturday, Hebrews 4 and 16 and realize that you have access to God by coming boldly before the throne. On Sunday... Read John 14, 26 and realize that God gave you a comforter, the Holy Ghost, to lead you in in all truth and to teach you the things that you ought to say. And begin to apply those things to your life and reprogram the way you're thinking about who you are. And quit just saying, I'm so small and insignificant, I could never make an impact. You know, you can take just a, just a tiny little pebble and drop it in the water it still makes a splash yep. still makes ripples that go far, way farther out than that sure will a bigger rock make a bigger splash absolutely but it doesn't take away you do what you can do make your splash sow that seed get that acorn out of your pocket ignite that atom let it blow up in, into something great Have faith in God. Make make a change in this world. Let's lift our hands together. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you today for inspiring us with your word. We thank you, Lord, that we are fearfully, wonderfully made in your image. God, now let us believe, Lord, what we can do through you through faith. Lord, we love you for it, God. Help us, God, to begin to see ourselves the way you see us. And to believe that old things are passed away and to believe that all things are made new. God, we're just going to praise you for the victory that's coming in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of Amen. Praise, Amen. praise in this house. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, your story hasn't begun to be written yet. And. Truth be told, our stories are not told enough. People ought to get back in the habit of testifying. Not not, not coming up here and testifying to a bunch of people that's already saved. Testify to somebody that needs God. On the job, at the school, in the parking lot. Somebody else. Tell them what God's done. Inspire somebody that needs it. I mean, I'll I'll be super excited about your testimony. I will. God's already saved me. Oh, it'll encourage me. It'll inspire me. But we're here to effect change. And and your testimony now, it's not going to get me any more born again than I am. But somebody out there needs it. The the sower of the seeds in the scripture, man, he's throwing seed everywhere. I I only sow seed in the garden. Man, he's throwing it on rocks. He's throwing it by the wayside. He's throwing it on good ground. He said, I'm just going. He said, your responsibility is to sow it. Let it do what it does where it lands. Praise God. All right, I was going to start preaching again. I got to go. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. God bless you.